0: Everyone and welcome to the Learners Corner podcast. This is the podcast for lifelong learners where we learn about anything, everything. My name is Caleb Mason
1: and my name is Todd Hicksonball.
0: And today we are going to be learning about several different things. We're going to be learning about graphic design, creativity, and um, building a podcast community, which may or may not be interesting to you.
1: But it was to us because you know we're in that business.
0: Yep, and so we're going to be talking with Andrew Sale. Some of you may be familiar with the podcast master of one and andrew is also a graphic designer as well so we're really excited to be talking with him today
1: and andrew last week actually was doing some cool stuff he was at Reimagine conference um i was i was watching him uh, on instagram and social media and stuff but anyways andrew is a phenomenal guy uh we've known andrew for a couple years now and uh Dude is just creative. Like, he's so creative. Um, and you guys can go and check out his his Instagram and just look at some of the pictures and stuff he's done. Like, it's unbelievable. Um, but Andrew is a wealth of knowledge for us to be able to learn about creativity and for us to be able to learn about how we can begin to think about creativity and, and just also podcast world. So if you're interested in those things, this is for you. And even if you're not interested in those things, still listen because it was a hilarious interview.
0: And the whole premise of our podcast is you can learn... Have- anything so it may not directly apply to what you're talking about but you can take the lessons and the principles from what Andrew's talking about and apply it to what you're doing the other thing we also want to let you know about is the together conference which is coming up on this Saturday
1: boom so Together Conference, we've been talking about this for a couple weeks now. Together Conference is a group of people that are coming together, and uh, they're going to begin to talk about racial reconciliation, uh, diversity within within your city context, and, and how we can begin to, to be the church together and, and move the conversation uh, past just people being angry at each other into actual dialogue happening where people can, from both sides can come together and begin to see what the other side's thinking. It's going to be a great, great time. You guys can still grab tickets. You can go to citizensakron.com. You can also find the link in our Instagram bio that it will take you right to their website, um, to the spot where you can get the ticket. It's going to be a great time. Propaganda, uh, the spoken word hip-hop artist, he's going to be there. He's going to do a session, and he's also, afterwards, there's going to be a concert where he will be performing as well as Taylor Gray. Um, and then there's going to be a lot of fo- other folks that are speaking there. Corey Hunka, Brian Kunkler. Um, these are all local pastors from the Canton, Akron, Ohio area. But that doesn't mean that it is not relevant to you because all of these things are going to be totally applicable to whatever context you find yourself. And shout out to Brian Kunkler and also to Corey Hunka. Corey, um, you're awesome. So anyways, with that, Caleb, what do we have to tell these people?
0: As we mentioned earlier in the show, we're going to be talking with Andrew Sale, master of one, who is an incredible graphic designer. So we're going to join our conversation with Andrew right now. Well, welcome, Andrew, to the Learner's Corner podcast. We're so excited to have you on today.
2: You know, it's exciting to be here to look at your two uh, half faces because you're both sitting so close to each other that I only see half of each of your faces. Um, so, you know, it's nice to be able to see one full man's face between the two of you. What? No uh Yeah. Well, not now. Now you guys leaned in out of sheer, like, mystery. But, yeah, a second ago, it was half of Caleb's face and half of Todd's face.
1: <laughs> I'm, gonna I'm gonna do this. How about that?
2: I, better, yeah. I'm seeing the corner of your glasses and a, a, a tuft of beard. I think that's that's fine. I'm, yeah, I, I really am. I'm excited to be here. Um, excited to to chat with you fellas for the next few minutes.
0: Yeah, and we're going to be talking with you about your creative process. But before that, you actually run a podcast of your own, or you co-host a podcast called The Master of One Podcast. And yeah. So you know, why don't you tell our audience who might not be familiar with M of One about Master of One and kind of what it is and how it began.
2: Yeah, so the Master of One podcast began, like most other podcasts, uh, with three narcissists thinking that people want to hear what they have to say, um, but we uh, we sat around a table. It was, it's myself, Patrick, and Luke, and we sat around a table. We all used to work together in Ohio, and uh, around the lunch table, we would just talk about the things that we know and the things that we loved, which is pop culture, art, design, toys, games, TV, film, that kind of stuff, and people would tell us that they enjoy having lunch with us because they would always learn something new and they would always have a good time they they would have fun with it and so after hearing this multiple times we're just like well maybe maybe other people would want to sit around our lunch table you know the proverbial lunch table and hear what we have to say and and you know it kind of sparked from there we sat uh, at a local coffee shop until they literally kicked us out um, formulating ideas on, you know, how could this thing work? Like figuring out the the format and figuring out what would make be unique about us, because there's, you know, a million other pop culture, quote unquote, pop culture podcasts out there. What would give us our unique flair or our unique spin? And uh, by the end of the wee hours of the morning, we had we had the idea for Master of One. So the idea essentially is that. Each of us loves toys, games, TV, film, art and design. We, we each kind of love those three genres. Um, but each of us is kind of only the master of one of those things. And so I'm the master of art and design uh, with a background in fine arts training and graphic design and, um, and, and everything like that. And then Patrick is the master of TV and film. He is a big movie buff, uh, enjoys going to the cinema And then uh, Luke is obviously he's a a big toy and game guy. He's the Dungeons and Dragons stay up until four o'clock in the morning, uh, drinking Mountain Dew and eating Doritos. That's him. You know, that's that's his that's his his gig. Um, And so uh, that's where the name came from. It was just kind of like we're Jack of all trades, but master of one. And and it kind of stuck from there. And we've now we're in our third iteration of the show um have just moved into literally this past week have moved into the uh the world of, of video and we're on youtube now um which is a big evolution kind of from where we started uh but yeah that's that's master of one
0: yeah and i was just listening to your guys's i think three-year anniversary episodes where you talked about all the different lessons that you've learned um over the past three years which was an incredible episode
2: uh, yes, that that's been that's been what's been crazy about it. So we yeah we did. Um, it kind of ended up being a, a bit of an anniversary show. It didn't start off as that. It kind of started off with, uh, with the transition of video. There was scheduling stuff that was going on where we were like, you know, we don't we don't have a guest. Uh, we don't want to just replay something. Um, we don't want to not put anything out. So instead, let's let's go back and literally comb through all of our. Uh, Guests and pull out what you know, what we've learned, and I'm going to be doing a talk. um, I'm speaking at the Reimagine Conference in California at the uh, the beginning of November, and that's going to be the premise of that talk: is the lessons that we've learned from over 200 creatives. And good lord, there's so many nuggets of of truth out there. That episode kind of just scratched the surface, which is which is fun. I mean, you guys know you. You pull something away from every episode, every guest you talk to, every person you interact with, there's there's a little treasure that you kind of stick back in a, in a treasure chest that one day you'll open it up and be like, holy cow, we've collected a lot of treasure.
0: Yeah. Could, could you just tease our audience a little bit and tell us like one thing that you've learned from the podcast?
2: Oh my gosh. Uh, one thing. Yeah. Yeah. Every professional does it different. Um. I I've grew up, and I don't, I don't know if you guys are in the same boat, but I grew up in, under this uh, false mentality that if if you reach a level of professionalism, you kind of get to this place of uh, a best practices or a one way of doing it, like mastering, uh, air quotes, mastering a, uh, an art or mastering a, a career or a skill or whatever would involve everybody doing it at the same executing it the same way. Um, But what I've learned is I've talked to some industry leading artists and designers and toy designers and all of these uh, various creative outlets. And uh, they are all literally leading the industry in these these areas, but they all do it completely differently. And uh, everyone has their own unique uh, flair to it. And that was really freeing for me. Uh, That was really um, it, it made me feel like, okay, so maybe the way that I naturally trend towards something, maybe I can just become more proficient in that way of doing it and, and still become a professional, but just a different way than other people are professionals. Mm-hmm.
0: What are what are some of the things that you've done to kind of help build your audience for Master of One?
2: So, um, So the audience is the key, right? I mean – Otherwise, it's literally just three guys talking into a microphone, and and then sticking it on a shelf to I don't know, give to our grandchildren later. I don't know, um, but the audience is the key to it, and 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 so you have to listen to them. You have to listen to what they they want. You have to listen to um, their their praises, but also their critiques. Um, and, uh, and you have to provide outlets for it. So uh, one of the ways that we built our audience is by asking questions and creating a, uh, or providing we didn't create, we provided a platform where those could be housed and they could have direct interaction with us. And so we do that by using our Slack channel. Um, we have an open forum Slack channel that is a community of now like 250, um, creatives entrepreneurs doers artists writers illustrators animators uh toy designers like every facet under the sun people who are freelance only people who dabble in freelance people who work um at agencies people who don't even work in the creative field but but want to kind of develop that um and so we we have uh curated this this location with various different topic-based channels for them to be able to um address us directly ask us questions about the show or about things entirely different from the show and we've realized now that our audience has become the uh truly like an extended family we call we call them our podcast family and um it's been awesome Mm -hmm.
0: are are there any other things that you've done to kind of help build like a sense of community for your listeners
2: um man other than so that's our biggest one is is with slack um but other than that it's more about being who we are on the show like we're not we're not characters um we're not even like hyper real versions of ourselves we are ourselves on the show and i think when you're transparent with who you are and authentic with who you are people gravitate to that um uh and we're not quote unquote personalities you know we we are just us and i think that helps build a sense of community because we are ourselves, and then when they interact with us off air, um, we're, we're that same thing, and that translates over. And so, I think uh, providing a platform and then being yourself are the two biggest ways that we've built our audience. Mm-hmm.
0: So, switching gears a little bit, and you know, talking about your creative process, where where do you typically find like your inspiration?
1: So, you, before we do that, you're a graphic designer too. Like, that's actually what you do.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's what I uh, that's what I do. Um, full-time. I'm a, I'm a communications director. I, I do marketing and um, graphic design and then I do some freelance design as well. And I've been doing that for, holy crap, like 15 years. Um, so professional. yeah, I'm a professional designer. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. So where, where do you typically find your inspiration?
2: Uh, I mean, it's so cliche, right. But literally everywhere, like I see it in different things. I see it in product packaging on, on the shelf of a local coffee shop. I see it, uh, online on various ads, you know, that people post or in the Slack community, seeing different things that artists post and, and, uh, spur me on and give me inspiration. Um, the field that we, that we, that we are in for the podcast, I get to see like high end art all the time. And that's, I mean, literally week in and week out. Um, and that's, I mean, it's, it's really hard to not be inspired when you see, you know, people who are the best of the best sharing their work with you and being able to see stuff. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's everywhere. It's in everything. Uh, in other podcasts and other shows and other radio shows, um, you know, there's different inspirations for different kinds of things. Uh, but uh, you know, just kind of keeping my eye peeled at all times. Mm-hmm.
0: Is there like a certain app, or do you take pictures with your phone? Like, how do you capture those ideas?
2: Yeah, there's not a great. Um, I mean, there probably is a great way. I don't do a great way of it. Uh, I'm not super administratively organized in in that way, like where I have a single folder where I just capture all my ideas. But I take pictures with my phone. And then um, just kind of log it away in my mind. And then when I want to when I want to try to tackle something, um, a new project or a new look or a new something, I just go back and see. I just kind of scrub through my pictures and say, "Oh yeah, okay, that's right. I really liked how this type of treatment was laid out on this bag of coffee. Um, let's see how that could translate to episode artwork or to um, you know whatever it is the the venture that we're at at the time." So. Um I just yeah I just keep those pictures on my phone. Very rarely do I curate them to anything specific. I probably should. It would be way easier and save time, but eh, I'll do that later.
0: <laughs> what are some of the first things you do whenever, you know, you're getting ready to begin like a new creative endeavor?
2: Uh so it depends on who the thing is for. If the creative endeavor is for myself or for the podcast, um I do very little legwork. It's just Uh, I, I know what I want to try to accomplish based on whatever X, Y, or Z and, um, I just start trying to tackle it. But if I'm doing something for a client or doing something uh, with a customer, it's, it's always that discovery process. You start by asking all the, all the quote unquote, right questions. What are you trying to accomplish? What, what is the look and feel you're trying to get to? Who's your target audience? Um, what's the call to action? What are you trying to get people to do? And we weed, weed it down from there. And then I'm, I'm really clear at the beginning of the creative process. Hey, this is the kind of stuff I do. I point them to the work that I've done in the past. Um, not that I have necessarily a define defined or even definable style. I don't think I do. Um, especially not when you consider some of the other artists and designers that are out there who are like totally honed in on one specific thing. Um, but I show them and say, Hey, this is the kind of stuff that I do. And if, if, you, if the end product you're looking for doesn't fall into this vein, don't work with me. Um, so the beginning of the process is always by asking questions and getting clarity on the front end of this is who I am. This is who you'd be working with. And, and I try to define that as well with them. This is who I would be working with. And uh, that's really the first place that I start every time.
0: Can you walk us through kind of the rest of your creative process all the way through the, your completion, like working with a client or something like that?
2: um yeah so it's pretty standard I don't I don't think I deviate from the industry standard but it's discovery uh, and then follow-up so after the follow-up we def, you know we define what the project is going to be we define what the executables are what the deliverables are whatever they may be um, and then I, I always send a, a write-up back to the client and say hey here's Here's what we talked about. You know, uh, clarity is the key, and it is king to to doing things well and maintaining a feasible work life <laughs> with people. Um, and so, here's here's what we've determined is the win, and and here's what we're gonna here's what I'm gonna deliver you. And then uh, they sign off on that. They sign off on that. It's essentially a, a contract, um, and then we we kind of jump into it. And so it's it's then. Any if there's any if there's any uh, content that they need to provide me to help provide context, um, I you know ask for that to be delivered to me. So if there's things that they've seen that they like that have inspired them, or things that they've seen that they hate that they want it to not look like at all, then I have them send that over just so I have a frame of reference um, to help again bring clarity. Uh, but then it's then it's uh, iteration, create you know creation of a couple of different ideas and then back and forth between uh, approvals and uh, revisions. And then hopefully um, not too many revisions later, we deliver the final product. Mm -hmm. So, and then payment.
0: Yes. (laughs) Um, You know, what, what do you do to kind of create like a wow factor in like your product or the thing that you're creating?
2: Yeah, that's a good question because I think think it varies from project to project. Um, I think the wow factor that I try to bring is not even necessarily in the deliverable as much as it is in the experience. Um, I want to always give them what they need, but then also maybe 10 to 15% more that they didn't even know that they needed. Um, I am a big proponent of of over-delivering if I can. Um, And... I want to. I, I want people to come out of the the wow. Maybe the, the quote unquote wow moment would be more in the sense of, oh wow, yeah, he really got what I needed. He understood what I was trying to do, and and he believes in this enough that he was able to accomplish it. Um, and I, I don't even think that my work is like so exceptional that people would see it and be like floored that oh my gosh, how how did any man create that that is so you know otherworldly or divinely inspired it's not like my work is not great especially when I when I compare it to the people that I get to talk to week in and week out it's like I sometimes just want to hide under my desk and wait for the apocalypse just so that maybe I can be the last standing designer because then I would be then maybe I'd be good um but um but it's it's I think it's more than the experience of okay I can listen and then execute and give you uh, not only what you needed but also some elements that you didn't even know you needed.
1: With what you just said, what because I've seen your work, Andrew, and I, I love everything that you do. What what are you talking like what are these guys what are these people doing that's like making them so much better? Like like how do you how do you get so much better at this stuff?
2: Oh gosh. Some of it's just got given talent, right? And an eye for an, an eye or an ear or a hand or whatever it is, whatever tool it is that you're using to, to do your art or your, um, your career is just being gifted in that. And I do have a natural giftedness and, and that's been cultivated and that's been uh, poured into and I've, and I have honed it and trained it certainly, but there are some people who um, it, it's almost just unfair. <laughs> like You look at, at what they're able to accomplish um, and and I'm not saying it's it's unattainable at all, uh, but you just got to put in the work. You know, you got to if you want to get better at, let's say, I mean, let's get real specific. If you want to get better at, at doing gradient based vector design, which um, I'm not great at, uh, but someone who is excellent at it and literally d- does this as their career is Jared Mariyama. He works for Disney. Um, he does like all those little Sumsums, Tsums, you know, those little Sum Tsum yeah. characters you see at Target, those little stackable characters. those little cute things, he does all of those. He designs every single one of those for Disney. Um, That means everything, Marvel, Lucasfilm, uh, Disney, all these different avenues, um, those all go through his hands. He's a master at that. Uh, He's honed it. I could not do that. But if I wanted to get better at that, all I have to do is study him and practice and practice and practice and practice and practice. And practice doesn't make perfect, but practice makes progress. And, um, you can see that progress happen, um, in, in anything that you want to do better. The question is like, how much better do, does any one person need or want to be? And that's the question that I asked myself. It's not about, I used to want to be the best designer, right? That I wanted to be known. I had a five-year plan and my five-year plan was to be known in the design industry. And the idea was that I was known in the design industry because I was doing the best work or producing the best work out there. Well... It's been five years since I set that goal, and I'm not the best designer that's out there. I am, however, now starting to be known in the design industry, and I'm starting to have influence in the design industry, but it's not because of that. It's because I've given a platform to other designers, and I've helped curate a community of designers to make a bridge between the quote-unquote common artist and the professional you know the the top tier world worldwide known artists and uh, so when I evaluate what is the thing I need to be getting better at is it vector based uh, or is it uh, gradient based vector graphics or is it um, community building Mm -hmm. and uh, which thing is going to be better for the ultimate goal of of influence in the design community so I think with anything it's just practice
1: there's a lot of applications to a lot of different things, actually. <clears throat>
0: mm-hmm. So t- talk to us a little bit about how you go about, like, getting feedback on, like, a project and, like, improving your craft.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's, just, that's a moving target, right? So sometimes I'm more open to feedback and sometimes I'm way more closed off to it, uh, it you know, varying varying times of the year, varying times of the day, even. Um, but when I when I'm actively seeking feedback, it, it is exactly that. It's actively doing it. It's it's being intentional. It's being purposeful. It's asking for it, and saying, okay, hey, I know we're friends, and I know you think that like overall you trust me as a designer, and overall you believe in me as an artist, and blah 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 blah. Like like I I know overall that's that's the reality. So you kind of set that standard of. Don't feel like you have to butter me up because I know you you love and trust me. Okay. I love and trust you too. That's why I'm asking you this question. Tell me what can be better with this. Here's what I'm trying to execute. And sometimes I don't do this. Sometimes I don't ask. Sometimes I don't set it up with here's what I'm trying to execute. Sometimes I just show them the raw product and say, what do you get from this? Um, to see if it, is int- if it is tangibly or intangibly accomplishing the goal. But sometimes I'll set it up and say, here's what I'm trying to accomplish. Do you think this... This achieves that. And uh, and if it's a person that I truly trust and that, that truly um, has my best interest in mind, they, they can typically come up with at least one thing, uh, if not a whole laundry list of things that need to change in order for me to, t- to, to better achieve the goal that I've set out to do. So um, a person who's really good at that uh, on my team is Luke. Um, Luke will tell me his thoughts and feelings about everything. I don't always agree with him. In fact, Gosh, probably three times out of four, I don't agree with them, um, and that's why it's good to have a three-person team because then you have Patrick, who kind of comes in as as the the, the third voice. And um, you know, on a team-based thing like this, where you're designing not just for yourself, but you're designing for uh, a greater organization or designing for with a team in mind. Um, having having three having an uneven number of voices is super helpful. Because then sometimes ultimately it's two against one, and even if I'm the one and I'm the designer and I ultimately have the have the the authority and power to change or not change whatever their suggestions are, I usually bend to that um, and so uh, so actively asking it and then and then taking it you know utilizing it and and making your stuff better because of it.
0: what do you do when you get stuck?
2: I never get stuck. I'm a professional. <laughs> Um, when I get stuck, this probably isn't a good answer because it's not going to be helpful to anybody. When I get stuck, I just spend inordinate amounts of time, just ungodly amounts of time doing the wrong things. Oh my gosh, (laughs) I
1: was hoping so bad you were about to say I spend all this time watching Netflix.
2: (laughs) No, well that, that too, um... Yeah, I'm not. Uh, I'm only doing this interview because uh, I've. O- or I'm only doing this interview in between Netflix uh, binge watching sessions right now. But um, I'm I'm vigorously trying to finish uh, watching this all nine seasons of The Office all the way through because before they take it down at the end of the month. <coughs> but uh, but I just do the wrong things. Like I like I'll do something even if I know that it's not the right the right idea to execute. So, at first, when I get stuck on something, I'll, I'll go and I'll search other people who are doing what I'm trying to do and see how they do it. Mm-hmm. And that's never the right way to start anything, I don't think, uh, because who cares how other people do it? Um, that's kind of been my mantra on things. Like, you know, I've designed stuff for churches. I've designed stuff for, for restaurants. I've designed stuff for, um, uh, for every other kind of business in between improv clubs, like everything. I've designed product packaging. I've designed uh, interior book of uh, books. Like I've typeset a book, which how stupid is that? Like word for word, like typesetting a book. I've done it twice, and like every one of these outlets, you think has different ways of accomplishing a pro- uh, uh, accomplishing what they're trying to do, but they're not. They're all just they're all just different ways of communicating a message. And so I I very rarely will ever look up how other people are doing it. But when I get stuck, that's what I do first. Mm -hmm. Okay, how are the people doing it? And then I try to create things based on how other people have done it to see how that would apply to me or to us or to the project. And that never works. It never works. But what it sometimes does is it just gets me doing something. It gets me creating something and getting out of my own head. And then that's a lot of times when something will click or something will spark, or I'll use 10% of this thing that I've worked the last five hours on, and that, that little 10% will be the offshoot that will kind of catapult the rest of the project. So, I mean, getting stuck, it's just a big time suck for me.
0: What's currently challenging you when it comes to creativity?
2: Um, when it comes to creativity... I don't feel challenged right now, uh, in my creativity. Uh, That might sound really lofty and like, uh, (laughs) like I think highly of myself, but I've been challenged a ton recently. And then we've just kind of hit this new, this new stride. Like I said, we just kicked off this, this, uh, the YouTube channel and stuff for the podcast. Um, and right now, like getting to that point, like redesigning. We, we went through a, a refresh of the brand, like an overhaul all the way through um, with the web and with graphic support and everything. Um, and that was challenging getting up to that. But right now, um, I'm kind of in my stride when it comes to design. I'm not I'm not taking on external projects right now because there's a lot of other stuff that's already actively going on. So. Um, I'm not getting like any new clients right now that would typically challenge me into like thinking more broadly. I'm right now, maybe the challenge is to, to do this and not, and not have it become monotonous, you know, not have it become boring. Um, but, uh, the, I'm feeling pretty good right now. Ask me like two weeks from now and the answer might be completely different.
0: Okay. Well, we'll talk to us, talk to us a little bit more about like the rebrand and stuff, you know, like. First of all, like what led to the, what led to you guys wanting to rebrand?
2: With anything, it's uh, the feeling of new, right? And uh, every, like I said, this is the third iteration. And every iteration or chapter of our story thus far has been marked with a significant overhaul of look and feel. Mm -hmm. Um, Like anything, things can become static. Now from the first iteration of the logo and the branding, which was very bootstrapped, very, um, I don't want to say amateur, but it felt, you know, it felt in a lot of ways amateur. You would never know looking at the logo and the website and the stuff that we were putting out that we had professional web developers and designers and stuff doing it. It kind of got our secondary um, passion. It got our secondary gift set is kind of how it felt. It got what was left over. Um, with the second iteration, we got a lot more intentional. <clears throat> and with the second iteration, we, we got it, – it went beyond us just wanting to talk into microphones and hopefully people would listen. We got intentional. We got a mission statement. Like we, we are – we're a pop culture podcast, but we have a mission statement. We have three pillars that we try to accomplish um, in our show and in our community. and It's primarily one, entertainment. Second is uh, inspiration. And or second is information. and the third is inspiration. So we want people to first and foremost be entertained. We want them to laugh. We want them to have fun with us. And hopefully you've you never watched it or you never watch or listen to an episode and don't do that. If you have, then maybe it's not for you and just kind of move on and uh, go go watch or listen to Mark Marin's podcast or something. I don't know. Um, and then or maybe the new episode, the new season of serial will be out by then, and then we can all switch and just go listen to that. Um, then, uh, um, I was going to say the, the learner's corner, but I don't want to insinuate that you guys aren't fun to listen to. So that's why I didn't plug you guys. Just so you know, Thank
0: um, you. Thank you.
2: um, which by the way, I actually really do like your, your branding, the, the square with the L in it and the podcast markup in the top corner, I think is actually really, really nice. Thank
0: you. Shout out, um, shout out to Brandon.
2: Brandon haas Killed it. It, look, it looks great. Um, and then, uh. We want people to be informed. We want them to learn something new, whether it's from one of our guests uh, and from their ju- their journey and their struggles and their challenges and their successes or from uh, even something as simple as our Tuesday episodes are all about, like, what's new and noteworthy in the pop culture scene. Uh, learn about a new game. Learn about a new movie. Learn about a new uh, artist. Like, so whatever. So there's entertainment information and an inspiration. We want them to, to leave... Um, with an overarching sense of I want to make something, I want to do something new, I want to create something, I want to get something new, I want to try something new, and um, so that was the second iteration. And, and the third, this third iteration has not been a major shift in um, the look and feel because you don't once you establish a brand, you don't want to deviate too terribly much, right? You don't want to annually be changing your look and feel so that people can't even find you. So this this, uh, this go around when we were switching to video and we had to get more visual was just do a bit of a refresh. Uh, we adopted a, uh, a font package and a, t- uh, a type package from um, one of now our good friends, Aaron Draplin, who is a major uh, heavy hitter in the design industry. He put out a, a font uh, the middle, middle of last year, and um, we adopted that in as our primary font now. So... Uh, even in the the work that we're trying to do with our brand, we're trying to bolster and support the community that supports and bolsters us. Mm-hmm.
0: If someone was to uh, say, hey, I want to expand like my creativity, my creativity muscle, what would you tell them?
2: Um, man, be open to new stuff. Do... So I was just listening to the the, the Jared Hogue episode um, that you guys did, and he had Jared. a really a really <laughs> he had a really good point about not um, not just reading the same books, you know, not just uh, only looking at leadership books, or not not just looking at you know whatever your field is, not just focusing on that one field, but being open and be a be a self curator. Mm-hmm. Um, I think. Amazon and Barnes and Noble and whatever, whatever your primary source for, for obtaining knowledge or books or whatever is, they try to curate this stuff for you, Audible, um, where you say, okay, I'm going to go to the leadership section, or I'm going to go to the creativity section. And and this is where I'll find all of the the stuff that's curated just for me, and this makes it super easy. Well, yeah, maybe. Maybe mostly, but then also there's these little avenues of of um, the mo- kind of the most fun exploration. Have, you ever, have either one of you ever been to New York City? No,
1: no.
2: Okay, so New York City is a great example of this. Everyone knows about Times Square. Everyone knows about the Village. Everybody knows about Rockefeller Plaza. Like, there's all these these all these major places, and you can go there to have a good time and get and get culture, and and that's fine. That's great. But there's also all thousands of these side streets and down these little side streets and these little, these little jettisoned areas, you find mom and pop shops and and restaurants and, uh, really cool, uh, culturally eclectic areas. And that's where you garner the most experience and the most inspiration and the most creativity. So, um, I would say the same thing is true with anything you do. Take in more than you think you should be taking in. Um, cause your body and your brain, and I'm guessing if you're listening to this, you're smart enough to be able to function as a human being. You can, you can naturally and even intentionally filter out the stuff that doesn't apply, but you'll never, you'll never know what other elements you could apply if you, if you kind of set, you know, segregate an entire grouping of information or an entire, grouping of knowledge because you don't think it's going to apply to you. Um, Be smart enough to to filter it after the fact and just kind of absorb as much as you can.
0: So one question that we always love to conclude our interviews with is what are you learning right now, Andrew?
2: Yeah. uh, So literally uh, up to about 15 minutes before we started recording this, I started a new book. And uh, so it's so new, in fact, I don't even remember the name of it, so i am got to pull it up real quick. It's called How Emotions Are Made, Um, and it's The Secret Life of the Brain by Lisa Feldman Barrett, or Barrett, I don't know, I'm terrible at knowing how to pronounce names, but um, she's a doctor, and and I'm really intrigued because because it's challenging the status quo of, of how people understand why emotions work the way that they do how emotions work the, the way that they do and uh and it's it's a topic that um right now is near and dear to my heart because uh, i'm just trying to i'm trying to figure out how my own state of mind works and functions and um so i'm really intrigued by this uh it's it's proposing some some very lofty scientific words that i don't understand yet but i'm hoping that 14 hours later it's a 14-hour audiobook that's a long audio book. Um, I'm hoping that 14 hours uh, from now or, you know, when I finish the 14-hour book, I will understand some of those words better and understand hopefully some of those concepts better and then hopefully understand myself a little bit better.
0: Yeah, that sounds interesting. I'm, I think I'm going to have to Check add that, that to the reading list. Yeah. Yeah. I
2: can't, I can't support it. I can't fully support it. If if there's a couple you want to add to your reading list, read Radical Candor. That book is insanely good. Um, I know you have a clean rating, so I won't say the full title of this next one, but it's The Subtle Art of Not Giving an F. Uh, That book is insanely good. Um, And if you want just a good read, uh, just a good, you know, a lo- a light-hearted, lovable read. Um, do As You Wish, The Inconceivable Tale... What's it called? The Inconceivable Tale of Something. It's the book uh, about um, the Princess Bride and like all the behind-the-scenes stuff that happened with the Princess Bride. It's great. It's a great book.
0: Cool. Well, hey, thanks so much for joining us today, Andrew. If people want to continue to learn from you and from Master of One, how can they do that?
2: Uh, Yes, yeah, so... Well, you can just subscribe, uh, it's mofonepodcast.com, uh, is the website, m of one. it's youtube.com slash mofonepodcast, the number one, m of the number one podcast, uh, it's iTunes on mofonepodcast, social media, m of one. everywhere it's mofonepodcast, just yeah. go there, that's where we're at. And we'll link um, to
0: all that stuff in the show yeah. notes too.
2: Check out the show notes, people, click on it, it's good information, but then, um, If you want to just follow me, I'm on, you know, I'm at Andrew Sale with threes instead of E's on all the different platforms. Um, If you want to see fun, you know, pictures of stuff that comes in the mail for me and uh, posters of movies that I just went and saw and uh, occasionally photos of me making faces with my son, um, that's where you can find me to do that.
0: Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Andrew.
2: Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. It's been a blast, and uh, I hope to do it again sometime.
1: One of the major things that I I just loved about that interview with Andrew is um, the fact that he really lays it out there and tells the clients that he works with. Um, this is you know the work that you can see that he's done in the past, and what they can really expect from him. And I think it's something that's very translatable into uh, just the business world in general. Um, I think it's phenomenal to be able to to really understand what you're good at, what your niche is, and then be able to to know it well enough to be able to explain to other people what it is. And I think that when we can do that, I think that it opens opens up things for us to be able to know ourselves well enough to be able to market ourselves then. Because when you understand who you are and when you understand what you can do, you're exponentially better prepared to be able to... um, be able to sell things, to be able to, if you're in my line of work, to be able to preach, to be able to do all those things because you understand yourself better. And so I, I, that's why I thought that was phenomenal how he talked about that. That was my big takeaway um, from, from that conversation. Now, next week on the podcast, we are going to be interviewing Joy Reed, And I'm so excited for this episode to air because Joy is a phenomenal speaker. Joy is has started a company called Punchline Speakers, and she has a great group of people over there. And the phenomenal thing about Joy is that she is a phenomenal, unbelievable speaker herself. And she's been all over the place, speaking, traveling, uh, talking to huge crowds of people, and and, and really being able to to show off her, her, her great ability at public speaking. And so we're excited to be able to talk with her and just have her give us some tips and some tricks that we can begin to incorporate into our own communication styles as we begin to preach and as we begin to speak in more public ways. By the way, communication isn't just um, something that's you know, kind of relegated to the, to the, to the public's, you know square. It's also something that we all do every day. By the way, we have friends and spouses and whoever who we communicate with on a regular basis. And so communication is a huge thing to learn about. I'm so excited for us to talk with joy. Now, if you guys um, enjoyed the podcast episode today, even if you didn't like it, still go to the show notes. We'd love for you to subscribe. You can find um, our social media platforms there. You can find the links to all of those. <clears throat> We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all of those places. You can find us on, all, all there. All of our links are in the show notes. You can also find um, our links to iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn there as well. Go ahead, go on there, subscribe to the podcast so that you never have to miss an episode like today's. And also, if you enjoyed, if you are a regular subscriber to this podcast and you enjoy listening in, we would love for you to show your appreciation by leaving a rating and writing a review. It's very easy. You can do it from iTunes or Google Play, whatever you use. We would appreciate it so much if you would go on and do that. It helps us to be able to gain more visibility so that we can be able to talk to more and more people. Now, until next time, keep learning, keep growing.